Hey, thanks so much for joining us on our channel today. We wanna to encourage you to subscribe and like today's video. Also, today's word is brought to you by our Truth Partners. These are people who want to financially invest to help us get this message of truth to around the nation and around the world. You can become a Truth Partner today by simply going to creativechurch.com slash give. Again, thank you for partnering with us on this message of truth, and thank you for liking and subscribing to today's video. God bless you. I pray this sermon blesses your life. So I wanna to talk to you just for a couple minutes about the presence of Jesus. And we've been doing the tabernacle prayer, and uh, I don't know if they have any of these left. I, I've, we're gonna order some more, but for those of you who, who are obedient, all of y'all not obedient but for those of you that are obedient you are being blessed I, I can't tell you after each service today I had dozens of people come up to me with tears running on their face saying I'm praying I'm spending time with Jesus and it is changing my life it's changing my life and if you're not praying this prayer with us I want to encourage you to do it I don't know if they have any left the booklets if not you can get it online uh, but we'll have some within the next week or two. But I've got my, my kids are doing it. I have friends and family doing it. Um, but it comes down to creating a space for Jesus called the tabernacle prayer. And Exodus 25, 1 through 9, God spoke to Moses and he said, Tell the Israelites that they are to set aside offerings to me. That they're to receive offerings from everyone who's willing to give. And these offerings I want you to receive are gold, silver. See, Jesus doesn't just say give him what, he literally said what he wants. Can somebody say amen about that? He like tells them, I want you to give these things. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet material, fine linen, goat's hair, uh, tanned ram skins, dolphin skins, acacia wood, lamp oil, spices, anointing oil, fragrant incense, onyx stones, and other stones for the setting of the ephod and the breastplate. Here it is. Let them construct a sanctuary for me so I can live among them. Jesus wants to dwell amongst you. In your home. In your marriage in your family. And then I want to give you one more. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, here it is, a still, small voice. God is not in the wind or the earthquake or the fire. God is not going to have a shouting match with what's going on in your life. He is not going to scream at you above doubt and fear and confusion and gossip and hostility. He is going to whisper in your ear. And in order for you to hear his voice, come here, Alexander, run up here real quick. 
Hey, I just want to take a moment and let you know that today's sermon is brought to you by our Truth Partners. If you're interested in being a Truth Partner, simply go to creativechurch.com slash give and select Truth Partners today. Again, please subscribe and like today's video. It's blessing you, it's blessing your family. And hey, let's get back to the word. Did you hear what I said? How many of you heard what I said? Oh, none of you heard what I said. And the reason he heard what I said and you didn't hear what I said was simply because he was close. There are some things that you will never hear what Jesus is saying until you get close to him. And I shared my heart. Did I share my heart? If you want to know the heart of God, you have to get close to him. He is not going to come in a microphone and yell at you to get your attention. So God is looking for lovers who want to hear the whispers of what he wants to speak. And it only comes down to your proximity to Jesus. You can have as much of Jesus as you want. And you, if you feel distant, if you're not hearing his voice, it's probably because you've grown distant. And so it's time to come back because he's not in the wind, he's not in the earthquake, and he's not in the fire. He is in a Godspeed, still, small voice. Thank you. Give him a big God bless you. of you love the presence of Jesus but the question is not do you love the presence of Jesus the question is does Jesus enjoy your presence would Jesus want to hang out with you throughout the week does he like to go to the places you go does he like to talk about what you talk about does he watch what you watch does he list, would he listen to what you listen to Because at some point, you're going to have to decide, I want to create an atmosphere in my life that he would enjoy my presence. That I can walk with him, talk with him. Luke 12, 34 says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
So do you treasure Jesus above all else? And the reality is, Jesus wants us to bring him our idols. All of our idols. That's one of the things we pray in the tabernacle prayer. Is Lord, if I have any idols, anything you put before Jesus, I bring you my idols. Anything that you put before Jesus, anything that takes the place of first, because he's coming back for a bride. He's coming back for a bride. He's looking for a bride. And we get off the altar and we take our eyes off Jesus. And when we do, everything else in life starts to look disappointing. Everything else in life starts to not add up to what we wanted it to be. And we wonder why life is not like what we thought. And we wonder why, you know, it seems like I thought he called me to do this. But the caller is the keeper. The person who called you, Jesus who called you, can keep you. And people, I, I watch young people and, and, and just anybody, they're so excited. They get so excited, you know, and, and, and we can't, but we can't become more excited about what, what we want him to do through us. How many of you want God to do things through you? We can't become more excited about what we want him to do through us than what he means to us. Sometimes we just want him to do these things to our life, but he doesn't really mean anything to us. I have people come to me, God's call, I feel like God's hands on my life. You know, I got this gift to do this, and this gift to do this, and this gift to do this, and I'm gifted, and I'm gifted, and I'm gifted. God's not impressed with your gift. He gave it to you. Like, he's just not, he's not impressed with it. I'm gifted to speak or lead or sing or play or write or whatever business and God's not impressed with your gift he gave you the gift what he's impressed with is your givenness to say God you've given this to me I'm willing to give it back to you I'm willing to be used for your glory and it all comes down to becoming like him to pursue him with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. It's been said, you can bless God, but you cannot impress God. You're not gonna impress him with your gift. What are you saying, Pastor Jonathan? I'm saying we cannot live this life. You cannot live this life without Jesus. Church is not going to fill the void. Church is 5% of your life. If you're here every week. It's just not, it's not going to fill the void. So at some point, it really matters how we experience Jesus throughout the week. And he's looking, or what he's looking for, or all he's looking for is for you to look for him. All he wants is everything. That's all he wants. I went to the lake this week with my kids. And, um, you know, when you got a lot of kids and you go to the lake, you take a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that's got to go to the lake. <laughs> And uh, 
So we have all this stuff and we start walking in the lake. And, you know, you get in ankles and it gets to your knees, it gets to up to your hips and then, you know, and then all the stuff as you keep going, you know, all the stuff you got, it's just like walking in the presence of God. Like you just, you just go deeper. You just get deeper and deeper and deeper in your walk with Jesus. And be careful wanting a deeper relationship with Jesus. I just, I just feel like it's fair to tell you. Like, I know you say it, but, but the problem is the deeper you get, all the things that you're holding, all the things that you think you need that you brought with you on the journey, they start to sink or they start to float away. What I'm saying is the closer or the further in you go with Jesus, the less you take with you. And all these things that you think, I want God to do this in my life and I want him to do this and all these things and if I could do this and I, I could do that and if I could accomplish this and accomplish this, there's, there's this place in Jesus where all these things just, they just fade away. And he becomes your dream. He does. Just him. See, because right now, some of you, your dream is him using you to do something. Some of you, your dream is that he would use you to fill a stadium or do this great accomplishment or do, and I'm not saying that those things are wrong. What I'm saying is the closer you get into him, those no longer matter. It's not what he wants to do through you. It's just him. Yes. It's just that relationship with him. It's just he becomes the whole dream, the whole destiny. Because if, you're, if your dream is things, you can achieve those things without him. You can fill stadiums without Jesus. Most of the events that happen in stadiums are with people who don't, have a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> so you can fill stadiums without Jesus. Oh, I want to do this thing that, you know, I want to be famous. And there's famous people who don't know Jesus. There's billionaires who don't know. There's, you can do all these things without Jesus. So those things can't be the dream. He has to be the dream. He has to be the dream. And then out of those, out of your dream with him, he adds all these things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added unto you. So what's your dream? What's your destiny? It's to be like Jesus. And I don't know, but it matters how you live throughout the week. It matters. 
Every, everything matters. Do you know that do you know that you will have a relationship? Let me say it different. I was telling Nicholas. Um, I told him, I said, do you know that your relationship with Jesus, no one else on earth can have? That the relationship that he wants to have with you he will not have with anyone else. It is specific for you. You think about it in your own life. Every relationship you have with every person is different. The relationship I have with you is different from my relationship with you. Is different from my relationship with you. Is different. Even in my kids, my relationship with each one of my kids is different. Your relationship with me is different from your relationship with your spouse. It's different from your relationship with a coworker. It's different from your relationship with your sister. It's different from your, every person that you have a relationship with is different. God is the same way. Every relationship, the relationship that he will have with you, he won't have it with anyone else. So that's why you don't have to look at somebody else and say, let me, I wish I had that. You can have what God has for you. God does not make duplicates. He makes disciples. And it comes down to your hunger for him. In the world, how you gain hunger is you stop eating. But in the kingdom, how you gain hunger is you eat. You taste and see that the Lord is good. And then you become addicted. You become addicted. One, one taste from Jesus. I was just talking to the kids the other night. And I was telling them that in my prayer time, I've been asking to see Jesus again. I've been telling him, I was like, I want to see you again. I was a little kid when he, when he showed himself to me, and I can't talk about it now. I'll go to, I won't be able to finish the sermon. But he came to me. And that moment, that dream, did more for my life than any sermon I ever heard. That one dream did more for my life than any book I ever read. My daughter, Victoria, is the only other one in our family that's seen Jesus. She's seen him twice. And uh, every time she's seen him, she's like, she's like weeping uncontrollably. And um, all of my kids want to see Jesus now. And I thought about it, and I thought, you know, comparison is actually beautiful if you're on the altar. Because when you see somebody who's seen Jesus, it should make you want to see Jesus. When you see somebody who's further and deeper in their walk with Jesus, it should make you want to pursue that. But once you take comparison off the altar, it can destroy everything. Because then you start looking at everybody and what they got and what they have and what that. So you got to keep comparison on the altar. And I was reading an article just this week about how people all over the world, Jesus has started to appear to in dreams. It was a, it was a Muslim gentleman who um, had been practicing Islam all of his life and Jesus came to him in a dream. And he renounced it and says, I'm serving Jesus. And so you need to start asking Jesus 
to reveal himself to every member of your family. And let's just do it right now. Everybody lift their hands. Let's just do it right now. Everybody pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, reveal yourself to every member of my family. Let me see you that I would know you, that I would see you, that I would experience you, and my life would be forever changed. In Jesus' name. Come on, you believe that? Let's give God a praise. Like, I want to encounter Jesus. My daughter, Victoria, she, she is in love with Jesus. She's obsessed with Jesus. She, she wanted a Jesus doll for Christmas. What's your, there it is. That's her and Jesus. I'm not saying that's what Jesus looks like. That's the only one we could find. I'm just saying, like, she'll FaceTime me and be holding Jesus. She's obsessed with Jesus. I, I'm just saying, like, Any one of you who have a family member that doesn't know the Lord, you need to start praying that God would reveal himself to them. And never, never, hear me, never downplay a dream. Do you know how many angels had to fight through demons to get that dream to you? Oh, it's just a dream. No, 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 no. It was not just a dream. Dreams are the last day language of the Holy Spirit. That in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall dream dreams. Like it is, it is the last day language of the Holy Spirit. So you need to posture your family for dreams before they go to bed. We're going to turn on worship music. We're going to start praying and prophesying over each other. We're going to start declaring the word of God over each other. I prophesy you're going to see Jesus. You're going to have dreams. Write them down and create time in your day to talk about your dreams. Of what God is showing you. To bless people. To heal people. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel pushed down. I really want you to feel pressed into but I don't want God to move his hand because contrary to popular theology and what some people will tell you God does remove his hand off people my kids asked me to go to a movie the other night the older teens they said dad you want to go to this movie with us and I said I don't want to go and um, and they're like why don't you want to go and I just said I don't want you to, I don't want you to, I don't want to make you feel bad about going because it's not a bad movie or it's, it's not an evil movie. I just said when I watch things like that, it affects my time with Jesus in the morning. Because I don't want to get up at 5 a.m. on my knees in the living room and feel like he's distant. And it may not affect you. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about my relationship with Jesus is specific to me. And as you get closer to him, you start to learn like there's just certain things that just affect. He's just like, I just don't want to watch it. I'm not going, I don't want to watch the movie. 
there's a certain music you can listen to that just affect. There's a certain people in your life that just affect. You're like, when I get around them, the next day, I just feel like it's just a fet. It's just not the same. Like he's just not there. And I told my kids, I said, listen to me, his presence to me is more important than my eyesight. Yeah. Feeling his presence and his peace. I don't like living the day in fear or anxiety or stress. I would rather not do those things and live in peace and joy and fall asleep praying in tongues. Amen. I've literally started like, I just fall asleep praying in the Holy Ghost. I sleep better. Because in my mind just goes on him. And you learn as you develop your walk with Jesus that there's just certain people in your life who like when I get around them, it, it, it affects my walk with Jesus. I just don't want to do it. And you learn to be meticulous about his presence because his presence is more important to you than your eyesight. Praise Jesus. This is where you have to ask the question, does Jesus enjoy my presence? It matters. Everybody who gets on this stage and you play and you sing, you teach kids, listen, it matters. It matters who and how we carry the ark. It does matter. Because God can, God can show up in any church, but he doesn't. God could show up in anybody's home, but he doesn't. God could heal any person, but he doesn't. Because how we carry the ark and who carries the ark actually does matter. And how we get an anointing is not by somebody praying for us. It's by winning battles and tests in private when no one's watching. And you develop a history with Jesus. I told Nicholas the other day, I said, as much as I love you, I cannot give you my, my lamp. I can't give you my oil. I cannot give you my history with Jesus. You have to develop your own history with Jesus. You have to develop your own walk with God. You can't get it because mama had it or daddy had it or grandmommy had it. You have to develop your own and pay the price for your own oil. Your own anointing. And he's looking for people that are looking for him. And to have a good attitude. To not just be obedient. Anybody's ever gone through things in their life where you just felt like God was distant? Come on, anybody? You just felt like God was distant or he just wasn't there. And you're like, well, I'm going to church. I'm tithing. You know, man, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. It's not just your obedience. It's your heart towards it. Isaiah 119 doesn't say if you're obedient, you'll eat of the good of the land. It says if you're willing and obedient. How many of you have kids that are obedient but not willing? Come on. It's not like, well, I tithed here. You know, here, I'm here to volunteer. What you need? 
Come on, honey, let's get on that date so you'll shut up talking about it. It's not just are you obedient, it's are you willing? Are you willing? Is your heart postured to say, God, I'm doing this for you? If nobody, if nobody recognizes me, if nobody says, if nobody, I don't ever have to be complimented ever. I'm doing this for you. And what's really scary is Deuteronomy 28, 46 and 47. He said, because you did not serve me with joy. Everybody say joy and gladness. God said, if you don't serve him with joy and gladness, he'll let you serve your enemies. That's what that says. He says, because you did not serve me with joy and gladness, I will make it where you spend your life serving your enemies. If you can't give with a heart of joy, if you can't volunteer with a heart of joy, if you can't get up in the morning and pray because you love Jesus, I got to do this because pastor said, my God. (laughs) It's a heart of joy and a heart of gladness. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is to develop a life of prayer. You have to train your palate, your soul to pray. You have to train it. I've been in the gym. This is my third month in the gym. I'm in the gym five days a week. Five days a week, an hour a day. And I am drenched. And I'm working out with all these pro athletes. Well, I'm in the room with the pro athletes. And and, and I'm just now, after three months of, of an hour a day, that's just working out. It takes me half hour to get there, half hour back, then I gotta change. So it's like a it's like a big plot of my day to do this. And I'm doing it, and after three months, I'm just now at the point that I'm like, if I don't do it, I'm like, oh man, I don't feel right. But I had to train myself. You have to train your your soul to pray. Like your soul doesn't naturally just like. Brussels sprouts or just cabbage or things like that. Like sometimes you have to develop, some of you, your spirit just likes sugar. Quick, and then you crash. You come in here, you eat some little Debbie's and then you crash because you, you have not developed within your soul an appetite for prayer. Does that make sense to you? That's why you come to the altar and then you leave and it's like, what happened? How did you not stay saved for six days? Just six days. You couldn't stay saved six days. I'm being funny. Don't email me your theology. I'm, I'm being silly. I'm just saying the reason, how do you keep, how do you keep, well, I, I left church. You left church, but you should have never left the altar. You see, your life changed when you came to the altar, but the problem is you left the altar. You have to take the altar with you. You have to, you have to, you have to take the altar with you every, every morning, every night. Every time in my marriage when Joanne and I grew distant, 
it was a time that one of us was off the altar. Every failure in my life was a failure to pray. Every time I failed in my life is because I can track it. I, did, I failed to pray. I'm at the point now in my walk with Jesus, I just don't trust people who don't pray. I just don't, tr I, like, I don't trust you. If you, don't if you don't have a fear of God, like I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I don't like you, and I'm saying I don't love you. I'm saying I don't trust you. Because you're, you're not gonna be like Jesus, you're gonna be like you. I trust Jesus, I don't trust you. And when you spend time with Jesus, you're gonna be like him, and I trust him completely. I don't trust you, no more than I trust myself which is why I need to pray. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, trust me. Do you pray? No, I don't trust you. I don't trust myself when I don't pray. Because when you pray, you're like Jesus. And when you don't pray, you're not like Jesus. You're like you. And so we have to have this heart of yielding and this heart of surrender that comes with spending time, only time in the presence of God. And God is looking for people who have that heart to run after him. That heart to pursue him with all of their heart, all of their mind, all their soul, all their strength. And not, not get into this custom Christianity where church is about what I like and what I think. And that's what people do. When people get off the altar... They start trying to cuss. The moment you stop praying, let me tell you what's gonna happen. I, I, I know what I'm talking about. That's one of the things that getting a little older, you start to like, I think I'm gonna be dangerous when I'm old because I'm already starting to feel, you know, people like, what do you think? You, you really wanna know what I think? Because I'll tell you what I think. Um, the moment you stop praying, you get off the altar. And when you get off the altar, let me tell you what you're going to do. You're going to start trying to customize your Christianity. And you will start to make church and this Christian life about you. And a lot of your statements will start to start with I. And you will come to a service like this and you'll literally sit there and go, this I like, that not so much. They did this really good. That needs some help. This was really valuable. I didn't agree with this. this. And you literally sit here like you think you're at a buffet, picking parts that you want and discarding the rest, rather than realizing none of this is for me. That I'm called to come in here and get on my face before Jesus and worship Jesus, and serve Jesus, and love Jesus, and that I can literally change the atmosphere by one person 
who decides to press into the presence of God. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, oh, that's a word for me to share with somebody this week. I'm going to pray for that person after church. God just gave me a word of knowledge for this sister over here. I'm going to share it with her after. I'm going to share this with my small group and I'm going to prophesy over them. I'm going to send these three emails and I'm going to send these two Facebook messages. And that word is for this person. And you are, you're not about, well, I don't like the light. I don't like this. I don't like that. This wasn't good. That was great. Pete, I, I am not an idiot. I have been doing this my entire life. I know that what studies say. I know what the studies say. I have spoken at church growth seminars, so I'm like, I'm blue in the face talking to people about church. Well, studies say, I know studies say people only sing for 17 minutes, and if you make them stand more than 17 minutes, then they don't really want to do it. But I, I just, I am sick to death of what studies say. Well, we got, a, we got a muffin for you. We got a, I just think, how about we got a miracle? How about that? Would that, would that make you, what if you got a miracle? Would that be something you'd value? What about deliverance? Or do you want a donut wall? What do you want your staff putting effort into? Building donut walls? Are seeking the presence of Jesus so they could deliver people on Sunday morning from demons. What's, what do you want? Muffins or miracles? Maybe I should have Andrew and John making muffins all week so that we can have a muffin wall. Or maybe we could get them in the presence of God so that they could deliver people and lay their hands on people so people could experience miracles. Well, I like short worship. I like short services. Well, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. You're, you're, you want an hour service? You're definitely not even spending an hour in prayer, I can tell you that. Because people who, people, who people who spend five minutes with Jesus want five-minute services. I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you the truth. When you get in the presence of Jesus, nothing else matters. And it creates in you a hunger for him that will not be quenched without the presence of God. I am not trying to build a crowd. If I wanted a crowd, we'll do the donut wall. We'll do, we'll do the muffins. I'll have John sing five minutes. I'll share a 15-minute three-point sermon on the TV, and we'll have you out of here. And the church will be packed. But there will be no miracles. And there will be no presence of Jesus. So I'm not trying to build a crowd. I'm trying to build a church. T.D. Jake says, if you build a crowd and not a church, the crowd will turn into a mob and kill you. So are we living a Matthew 6, 6 life that when you pray, everybody say, whenever you pray, go into your innermost chamber, go into your closet and be alone. That's why I have to pray in the morning because I have eight children. I have to get up early to spend hours with Jesus or I cannot be alone. I cannot make a phone call in my house alone. Barely use the bathroom alone. Go into your closet and shut the door. And your father who hears you pray. See, that's, I could just weep on that. He, he put that verse back up. 
Put that verse back up. He hears you pray. And your Father, who is in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret, you got to know that when you pray, God sees you do that. Sometimes I get up, I'm I am telling you, I am tired. I do not wake up like, this is the day. This I am tired. I am tired. And I'm laying there and I'm like, Holy Ghost, I need you today. Help me get out of this bed. And then I go and I grab my Bible and my iPad and my headphones and I throw a blanket over my head and I get on my knees and I go, Jesus, I'm here. I'm here. What do you want to talk about? I love you. And I just start praying the Holy Ghost. Or I read the tabernacle prayer. I'm praying. I'm spinning. I'm with him. I'm developing a history with Jesus. You're not going to be able to wait for trouble to come and then develop a history with God. You're not going to get a bad report from the doctor and then develop a prayer life. If you only pray when things go wrong, prayer is your plan B. You only pray when things go wrong. God is looking for people who will pursue him. So this is what it takes. Developing a life, a pattern, and a history with Jesus. Asking him to anoint your life so that you can be effective when you speak to your family and that you can be a healer to broken people. Take Jesus with you everywhere you go. And he begins to do miracles through your life and your family. And you walk in the glory and an anointing. And when you gain the fear of God, hear me, and I'm going to let you go. When you gain the fear of God, you lose your fear of people. Anyone in your life that you fear is because you've lost your fear of God. If you fear, if you have fear of people, fear of money, fear of the it's because you have no fear of God. The moment you raise your fear of God, you'll lose your fear of people. And that gives you the ability to sleep. just do a sermon called How to Sleep. And let me tell you, the older you get, you value sleep. When you're young, you don't want to sleep. Come on. You don't want to shower. Come on, am I right about it? The older you get, the more you just want to sleep. Let me get your shower. The Bible says he giveth to his beloved sleep. One of the blessings of being close to Jesus is you sleep.
and you won't need pills to do it. And you'll wake up with dreams. Divine knowledge. Divine wisdom. Understanding and grace to live a victorious life. And your life will never be changed. There is no church and no pastor that can give you this through a touch. It costs what it costs. And it's not going on sale. You have to pay the price for the oil. What does it cost? Everything. Everything. You will sleep when Jesus becomes your dream. Get something out of that today. Come on, give God. Hey, if this sermon blessed you and your family, I want to encourage you to be a truth partner. You can do that by simply going to creativechurch.com slash give and partnering with us to help get this message of truth out to more people in our nation and around the world. It is our truth partners that make this a reality. Again, thank you for subscribing to our channel. Thank you for liking today's video. We'll see you back here on the channel real soon.